everyone. Welcome back to the Time Shifters podcast. We're here with your hosts, Christopher and Matt. Matt, welcome back. Hey. I want to thank everybody for listening and remind everyone that you can subscribe to this podcast. Go to Apple Podcasts. You can go to Stitcher Radio or you can go to Google Play and subscribe to any of those places or wherever you prefer to get your podcasts from. You'll find us uh, somehow or, or one way or another. You can also find us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com and search for Time Shifters. And let's see what else the, the YouTube. No, we don't have a YouTube channel. What else do we have? We have Twitter. That's what we got. <laughs> we got Twitter. Uh, follow us at Time Shifters Pod and at Movies at the Mat. And any feedback or anything, which we actually do have some today, you can send to Time Shifters Podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and actually uh, jump right into that uh, email real quick, just because it was piggybacks right on our episode from last week or two weeks ago, where we discussed our comedies. All right, we just got a, a short email here from Floyd. He says, I really enjoyed your discussion on comedies, and it was nice hearing that someone else was cool like me and sent an email. Referring uh, <laughs> to uh, Chad, who uh, sent a little comment there for us. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles ranks as one of my favorite comedies of all time. Matt has got to watch it soon. And that makes me think that maybe this should be the next thing we discuss after, after today. It's fine. Uh, he does uh, mention a scene that he really likes that I'm not, I'm not going to say anything about. I'm, not gonna, I'm actually <laughs> going to skip this because I think you know it needs to be seen. Uh, Floyd goes on to after that, though. He says, I thought it was interesting that many of the films on your lists were older comedies, and I think many of today's comedies rely too much on vulgarities. Many times I thought that a film looked funny from the trailers and then saw it was rated R. I knew the film wouldn't be for me. Films can be absolutely hilarious without the vulgarities. And I think he mentioned that in an earlier email when we were talking about some of the spoof films and things like that. And I kind of, I have to agree with him. I think a lot of the modern comedies where they are the, you know, the poop joke comedies or whatever, those are the ones that are not going to hold up. Mm -hmm. You're not going to watch that 10 years, 15 years later and still think it's funny. Right. (laughs) And I want to make one thing absolutely positively clear to Matt. This is Floyd here. Ghostbusters is a comedy. So, Disagree. Yeah, so. <laughs> there is obviously a, you know a line drawn in the camp. <laughs> it's fine. I I am aware that I am the minority on this, but I, it's a sci-fi that happens to be funny. Yep. Well, we won't go into that again. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm on one side of the camp. <laughs> You're on the other. So uh, thank you very much for sending that in, Floyd. And uh, yeah, I think planes, trains, and automobiles will have to be. Uh, definitely up on on the list of films for us to watch. Well, speaking of all that, and even speaking mm-hmm. of like Bill Murray, you know, you said it, and that the moment we stopped recording, that we would think of another comedy. And I thought of like a dozen others, but there's one that I can't believe I forgot. Okay, what about Bob? Oh, of course. And I think we didn't that come up in some other conversation a while back. Yeah. And I yeah I so I just have to mention it because I think it's one of the most underrated comedies ever. Yeah, absolutely. Bill Murray and I, I, this may be rehashing the same conversation. I think Bill Murray has a lot of like unappreciated comedies out there. He yes. did a lot of these little goofy things that it was kind of like, why is he doing this? You know, is it, did he lose a bet? Is he hard for cash? You know, there's things like, well, what about Bob? I wouldn't consider that, but there's others like uh, Larger Than Life. I think I mentioned where he inherits an elephant, like a yep. circus elephant. There was the one, um, the man who knew too little. little. Yeah, all these films. You're like, why is he doing it? I'm thinking <laughs> because he thought they were fun. You know, I think is why he did them. And they were, <laughs> and they are. They are fun, but a lot of people just kind of ignore them. Yeah. You know, you never see them 
anymore. You don't see them mentioned. And it's like, why not? Right. <laughs> They're actually really fun. And I think What About Bob tops that list. I think that's his best comedy. It may be. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember being really surprised at how much fun I had watching that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is brilliant in it. Yeah. As is Richard Dreyfus, who's playing oh, the yeah, absolutely man going crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's actually a little bit of similarity between that film and the film we're going to discuss later on uh-huh. here today. Before we get into those films, though, we do have some uh, some news stories that have come up. Uh, one real quick, I didn't mention before we recorded, but I should we should bring it up. Uh, Stephen Bacho, uh, I think is mm. how you say his name, passed away, age yeah. seventy four. Uh, Hill Street Blues, L.A. Law. I mean, real prolific television show creator. I mean, there's a lot of us that if we didn't watch it, we knew about the shows that he created. I mean, he kind of set the stage for eighties, nineties television. Yeah, and really laid the groundwork for a lot of what we watch today on TV, you know, came from his work when he was creating these shows. So really, really unfortunate left a huge mark, uh, you know, on entertainment. So sad news. It is, uh, becoming more and more, uh, increasingly common, unfortunately for all these names of people that we know who've created all, you created our childhood in a, in some respects, that are all now getting older and passing away. This is this is getting hard. <laughs> <laughs> getting older. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some other news, though. We got some other things. There was one. What do you want to start with? Because we got a bunch. To get it out of the way, because it annoys me, is uh, Zack Snyder keeps mm. dropping bit by bit little details from his work on Justice League and what he had planned for the DC Cinematic Universe that he clearly is not going to be able to work on now because I think the writing is on the wall that Zack Snyder's out. And, you know, he wants a seat back at the table and they're not giving it to him. And I think he's trying to get back there. And that's why he's releasing this stuff. He's trying to create, like, an outcry. Mm-hmm. It's not working. And I get it. He's upset. He was kind of forced out. The right. suicide of his daughter was kind of used against him to get him out. And to not let it, like, he probably thought, like, oh, I'm going to go deal with this, and I'm going to come right back. And then he realized, oh, they changed the locks on me, like, kind of thing. <laughs> right. And, you know, he's bitter, and I understand it. But at the same time, I'm like, I didn't like what you had in the first place, so I don't really care that they changed mm-hmm. it on you, and it kind of made it muddier. Yeah, but, I mean, can you really say that you didn't like what he had in the first place, especially when it comes to Justice League? I mean, you you haven't seen his... I didn't, I didn't like Batman v Superman. Oh, okay, I thought sure. Man of Steel was just okay. So, you know, if you want to sit there and say, yipe, but they really messed up Justice League on him, it's like, yeah, but what he had leading up to that, I wasn't a fan of either. Gotcha. Okay, I understand. Yeah, he's the, the, the story is that he keeps posting images and talking about the quote-unquote Zack Snyder cut yeah. of Justice League, saying that it is, you know, superior. He wants, you know, his film put out because right. apparently he had finished all the principal photography and was in post-production when they came in and started doing the reshoots and stuff. And um, so he's a little, I guess, under, like you said, understandably miffed and he wants his film out there. And he's hoping that, a, I, I read an article that a, a good many of the people that were responsible or, you know, the, the, that were the powers that be uh, when he was dismissed are now gone. And yep. so now he's hoping to be able to, soften the, the 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 people that are in power now uh soften them up that will allow them to do a Zack snyder release curious to see if it happens I, it might be something that will happen if they just simply decide we need to try to make more money from this so maybe we'll spend a little bit finish up his cut 
and then release it, and then we got two versions out there that can be bought, uh, maybe. But then you start this whole debate of going forward, which version are we to believe? Mm. And because I yeah, can see okay, fans being sure. like, now we have two timelines. We've got the yeah. Snyder cut timeline. We've got the Whedon cut timeline, and now you have a divide within your own camp. And and the other part of it is he's it's more than just the Justice League thing. Is because he's talking about like, oh well, in Justice League two, this was supposed to be what happens, and then and then a follow up to that. This was supposed to be like he's trying to lay all the groundwork to like get those things picked up and made. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not on board, Zach. It's just. It, it, you weren't getting me there to begin with. It sounds like from what he's reported and others reported that the, there are some pretty major differences with what he had filmed and, yeah. and, and what actually was released. Uh, most notably, apparently, the character Cyborg, which in the, the final film was almost uh, an also star, where yeah. in his version it was kind of supposed to be almost the the star of the film. Or certainly a, a larger part of and where the the heart of the film was supposed to be, and that was uh, removed. So there was I can see from uh, the actor who played Cyborg, I can see him kind of being, yeah, I want to, I want Snyder, you know. So there are, <laughs> there are people like you said, there there are these camps now that you know people fighting for the different uh, different films, and I, I guess we'll see. I'm curious. It'd be almost be kind of neat to see it in like one big mega disc you know you you choose which one you want to watch <laughs> <laughs> maybe um i'd be curious i it, it i'm curious i am curious to see both films now sure and see the differences and and decide you know okay i like that one better you know yeah. i he should just release his script. I mean, I think that's what yeah, he should sure. do. I mean, he keeps going. I mean, there's nothing that stops him from doing that. Once it's out there, it's out there. I mean, so he wants to keep talking about this was my version and that was my version. Just release your script. Mm-hmm. You know, take the script that you were given, put in the rewrites that you had done, and just do that and see what happens. Stop trickling out piece after piece after piece. Yeah, maybe even if you can't get an official, you know, actual film release or something like that see if you can at least get permission to do a novelization release something yeah uh, it'd be interesting to see speaking of just uh you know directors who are uh, <laughs> dismissed and and why the uh there was a story come out about the original directors of the solo film uh who were the name of phil lord and chris miller mm-hmm they were dismissed, and apparently an, an anonymous actor who was called back for reshoots with uh, Ron Howard uh, has come forward and said why he, this, well, I, should, I say he, but he Could or be she, anybody. yeah, why they think uh, Lord and Miller were dismissed. And they were saying that he, they simply don't believe that they were prepared for what Star Wars was. They were over their head, is pretty yeah. much what they're saying. They were talking about they were doing... 20, 30 shoots or, or takes. Uh, takes, excuse me, you know, 20, 30 takes of any scene and that the actors are really kind of like, okay, this is getting kind of creepy. Yeah. Because <laughs> they really just didn't seem to know what they wanted and they kept trying different things and everyone was getting a little annoyed. Yeah. And they said the difference being when they go to do the reshoots, Ron Howard comes in, two, maybe three, yeah, we're good, move on. Right. <laughs> you know, so... Interesting, yeah. I, I wonder. What do you think? You're a little bit maybe more familiar with their with their work. Do you think something 
in the, the Star Wars universe was over their head. It's surprising because they've done live action. Mm-hmm. So, because I, I saw a lot of people writing like, "Oh, well, they're coming in off of all this CGI and animated stuff that 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 they're not used to live action." They've done live action, so I I don't see that side of the argument. Now, I wonder if it was more of Star Wars is what did it. It wasn't dealing with live action actors for the first time. It was them being not so much over their head, but just afraid to do it wrong. And so they wanted to do all these takes because they wanted to leave it to the editor and they wanted to give the editor every last little option when really they should have just shot their movie and maybe they didn't know what their movie was. And so they figured if we've got 30 versions of one movie, that's good, right? Like, no guys, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Now, now you have to like pick and choose through all that. And, right. Yeah. It just gets to be a lot. And you kind of wonder even the best of actor, by the time you're doing the 30th take, are they really given anything exactly. to it? I mean, my God, that could be the blandest. Okay, great. That's the line that I want. But the direct, the actor has now given it in the most blandest of ways because they've had to do it 30 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, how be, long does that take? 30 no takes, the resets, everybody back, get the lighting. Okay, action. 30 times for one, what, one line? One scene, one anything. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're there like probably for hours for one shot. Yeah, you, you, that's almost, I mean, a whole day could be shot on a scene. Exactly. Yeah, that's terrible. You can definitely see where it's like, okay, this is going to get out of control. Yeah. <laughs> like how many times was like makeup reapplied for one shot? How many mm-hmm. times was like the light, were the lights adjusted for one shot? Right. Yeah. Uh, and it feels a shame that this much trouble and everything is going over for this film which after this trailers that had come out i saw this trailer and went that looks awful (laughs) (laughs) that looked more like jj's uh 2009 star trek than it looked like anything star wars Uh it doesn't it didn't appeal to me whatsoever and And it seemed it it seems so just by the book and then the whole they end the trailer with "I know what you are" line, and I'm thinking, "Scoundrel." The answer is scoundrel. You know, we know it's scoundrel. <laughs> but I wonder if the biggest problem is that it's Han Solo. I wonder if this was an original character plopped into Star Wars, we'd be a little yes. bit more interested. Exact same trailer, different name. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And that's my problem with the the idea of doing any of these prequel films about, you know, giving these characters backstories is who asked for it? Right. I, I don't need to know, oh, Han Solo wanted to be a pilot? Huh, who knew? Right. I thought he just fell into it. Yeah, I, please, who cares? Mm-hmm. He, was a, he was a pilot. He was a smuggler. He won the ship in a, in a, in a card game. I already knew all that. That's all I need to know. Right. I don't need to see it. Somebody thinks you do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, good luck to him. Uh, I won't be going out and seeing the film. I mean, I'd have to be—I'd have to be told by a lot of people that I trust that no, this is surprisingly the greatest film you've ever seen before <laughs> I would go and actually see it. So, so with the last thing that I had was speaking of films that you wonder whether or not maybe I do want to see it. I don't know. Bill and Ted Three—the idea has been banded around for at least a decade. Yep. And it most of the time it come you know 
anytime you hear about any news, it's actually coming from either Alex Winter or it's coming from Keanu Reeves. And that's serious when it's coming from Keanu Reeves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially yeah, Keanu Reeves now is now kind of a pick and choose what I do kind of star. And he can he doesn't need to do Bill and Ted. He can right. do John Wick four and five <laughs> or something and make a fortune. Uh, he doesn't need to do Bill and Ted, but he wants to do a Bill and Ted. So they are still in the works, in talks. This uh, article was uh, from ScreenRamp.com, but they were commenting on the uh, Entertainment Weekly article. said that Bill and Ted 3 remains a very distinct possibility, and this update comes from uh, original Bill and Ted stars Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter and screenwriters Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon. In a new Entertainment Weekly feature, the screenwriters reiterate their working title for the film, Bill and Ted Face the Music, which I have to admit I I like the title. (laughs) The plot involves an older but not necessarily wiser Bill and Ted struggling to compose music that will transform the world into an idyllic utopia. Meanwhile, the two best friends are in their 50s and married. They have kids. Uh, Solomon suggests that the film will be kind of like a Christmas carol with Bill and Ted. So meanwhile, he adds his morsel for fans to chew on. We're hoping to close a deal with some financiers, he says. Hopefully within the next month or so, we'll have news that will stick. And this story came out just like a, about a week or two ago. So potentially by the next time we record, we could actually have an official Bill and Ted 3 is going to happen news. Yeah. <laughs> it's the finances part. <laughs> the finances part is what confuses me. It's like Keanu doesn't know anybody. Keanu doesn't know anybody who'd be like, Bill and Ted 3, yeah, yeah, I can help you with that. You'd think he'd be able to go to, I don't know what studio does the John Wick. Right. I'm sure they want him to do another John Wick. Yes, they do. So could he go to them and go, look, you finance Bill and Ted, I'll do your John Wick. I'll do another three John Wicks. Exactly. (laughs) Just just give us 50 million for this and we're good. Give me Bill and Ted 3 and another dog, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So that's the only part that surprised. So maybe it's him just being like, I'm not going to carry you guys. I'm not going to put like a financial stamp on this and potentially ruin my my credibility but i'm i'm here for you when you have a movie ready yeah maybe that's it maybe it's it it is a case of um i want to do it but only if people other people want it yeah yeah so if 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 hollywood wants it and fans want it Mm -hmm. he'll do it right yeah good point but i would absolutely be on board with that to see them just picking up playing the same dopey characters but the fact that they would have kids it would just be like oh we have kids you know i used to time travel whatever dad (laughs) things like that (laughs) we're 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 gonna make the world like excellent you know your mom's from the middle ages (laughs) right exactly (laughs) yeah i think i'd be interested in seeing it because it's them and it's going to be current i mean the bill and ted 2 was 91 i think it was sounds right I think the first one was 89, Bill and Ted 2 was 91. So the fact that they would stay within the timeline and go, it's still modern day, mm-hmm. this is still the same characters, it's not recast, it's not anything like that, it's them now still struggling to create the world that they supposedly created, that they saw in the first Bill and Ted, like, I'm okay with this. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd say that, but yes, because I'm Bill and Ted 2 was okay. I didn't love it. Had it had its moments. It had its moments, but it was it was, you know, the breakout star was uh I forget the actor's name, Death. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah, I've seen him in a few things. Uh apparently there's also there, there there's a cry that they 
if they're going to come back, they need to bring death back Definitely too. Definitely have to bring death back. Because <laughs> beating death in board games is one of the funniest sequences I've ever seen. Yeah, that that was one of the moments. That's kind of the highlight of the film. <laughs> it's a shame we don't have uh, George Carlin anymore because uh, I think he – would definitely be on board too, right? <laughs> to, to reprise his role. Well, I'm wondering, like, with technology now and like facial recreation and stuff, if like Ooh, you know, do a Christopher Lee, Carrie Fisher, or Princess Leia kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, even if just like for a scene of like you know, well, Rufus is dead, but we have a time machine. Like we can see him whenever, and right. like, they just show up, and he's just one shot of just like, can you guys stop? I die in ten minutes. Like things mm-hmm. like that. Or, you know, seeing their younger selves, and then you just see that, like, digital recreation of the younger version of themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That'd be interesting. It depends on, you know, they're talking to their financiers. How big of a, <laughs> of right. a budget are we talking? <laughs> John Wick 7. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I I think we will see this. I, you know, a few years ago, I would have, I probably said, no, this is stupid. Why would you bother? But now... At seeing the kind of re- the reaction of the actors and you know they got screenwriters that are you know I think we're going to see it mm-hmm. when I don't know but we'll see it <laughs> one of the other uh, stories that I came across um, an original series is coming to YouTube Red which mm-hmm. means I'll never see it yeah I don't I have yet to even find YouTube Red so. <laughs> but it will be starring William Zabka and Ralph Macchio reprising mm-hmm. their roles from the Karate Kid to make the Cobra Kai TV show. Yes. Watch the trailer. <laughs> Watch the trailer. Because <laughs> I don't know how to feel after seeing that trailer. I don't either. It is bizarre. Very. And it, It's like a bunch of fans made it and convinced these two actors to come back. Yeah, exactly. It, it kind of has the feeling of a comedy, but it also... It, it, feels like it's one of these, is it a comedy or is it a drama that happens to have funny moments? Right. Is it a redemption story? Is Johnny the good guy or the bad guy? Is, right, because you can't get the tone no, from that trailer. It's all over the place. But you almost kind of feel like the Ralph Malchio character is actually the one that's kind of turned into the bit of the uh, the jerk right. now. Exactly. And it was it was so all over the place, but at the same time I'm like, was this intentional? Did they know exactly what they were doing or was mm. this just throwing scenes at the wall? Yeah. To make yeah. a trailer. Hmm. Like Good it's point. either brilliant or it is the biggest thing of dumb luck I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if it actually it's if, if it's actually kind of a switch up where oh yeah, this guy won and became all popular and then grew up to be a real jerk. Yeah. I'm like I'm on board for that. And you could see that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's got his car dealership. He's still like doing like karate chops to say, oh, we're chopping our prices. And right. it's just like, yeah, you're a jerk now, aren't you? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm, hmm. Yeah. I want to see that, <laughs> right. you know? And so it's, it's Johnny down on his luck. It opens with him like waking up on the floor of his apartment and mm-hmm. he doesn't know what to do with himself. And then he sees a bunch of kids beating up another kid and so he saves that kid by kicking the crap out of a bunch of teenagers (laughs) like yeah that's great Uh for a man in his what 40s 50s right and so he decides to reopen cobra kai and teach you know karate the way he was taught and there's danny larusa like 
Cobra Kai back in the West Valley, not on my watch. <laughs> what is this? Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's really hard to really find the tone. And that almost makes me more curious about yeah. it, you know, honestly. So I'm kind of like, kind of want to see it, but I'm, it, unfortunately, it's on what I think YouTube, YouTube Rattle, Red, which is a paid mm-hmm. uh, subscription service for and, YouTube's TV program. Right. And I don't know if there's anything else on there that would be worth paying for right. to watch. I don't even know what the price is for it. It's probably no more than a few bucks, ten a month. bucks, yeah, a couple bucks a month. But, but still, I don't think I could justify. Why'd you get YouTube Red? Want to see Cobra Kai? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be um, maybe. Maybe well, find a friend that has YouTube Red. <laughs> I don't know anybody that has YouTube Red. I don't know. But it's one of those things that's like, well, I can't wait for it to get leaked on YouTube. I think that's the one thing they'll really crack down on. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, we good, know that's ours. Yeah, you point. can't put it up on regular YouTube. <laughs> yeah, so uh, look for it on Vimeo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone will watch it in some way and will be writing or blogging or reviewing it and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what they say about it. Yeah. Maybe it'll find its way to, well, now I was going to say, I'm not going to find its way to Amazon either. (laughs) Nope. That's their competition. That's the downside here. Yeah. Kind of going back to what we were talking about, future of entertainment and everything, that's the downside of all these independent streaming services is... Cancel each other out. Yeah. And, you know, one, you're not going to find one on the other anytime soon if ever whereas now you know something that was on NBC or ABC could find its way to Hulu or find its way to Amazon Prime so you get a chance to to watch it yeah or even you know some things that maybe were on HBO might actually find their way to a one of the streaming services um maybe with the the I think Amazon Prime has a uh, HBO streaming you pay a yep. couple extra bucks or something you can watch all the shows on HBO it's actual original content, though, from um, uh, like YouTube Red or something. They're That's not. It. They're not. You're not going to have an Amazon Prime with a YouTube Red subscription. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, yeah, interesting. That's a, it's that's a sh- kind of a downside. It's kind of a shame. So great, you can cut the cable and you don't have to spend eighty hundred dollars or whatever for your satellite or cable, but now it's starting to look like you're going to spend eighty or a hundred dollars on just all the different streaming services just to watch a show. Yeah. That's the same thing with like uh, the CBS All Access. Interested to watch some of Star Trek Discovery. Not interested in anything else that I would <laughs> find on CBS. Not going to pay for it. Right. And then it's like, Six bucks or something like that, but then you get like all the commercials. So then you got to spend ten bucks to actually watch it commercial free. Like, well, I'm not spending ten bucks a month to watch a show. <laughs> You're gonna see pirating come back real hard because mm-hmm. of all that. Yeah, unfortunately, and we don't condone it. Uh, we know it happens, and I'm not gonna sit here and say that I never watched a a, a pirated uh, film or television show, but. Uh, it's what's going to happen. And you just can't keep nickel and diming people in, in the hopes of, you know, that they'll find something else that they're going to find, think it's worth it. You yeah. Know? It's just not going to work. Thanks, Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
The last thing I have, it was one of the movies that we had looked forward to. You haven't seen it yet, but I just saw it a few days ago, A Quiet Place. Yeah, and this was one that was on both of, both our, of lists. our lists. Yeah, I, I, have, I just got off spring break and still didn't find time to actually go to the, the film. I think actually it just opened after my, my spring break. Yeah, it just so. opened. I saw it. It was one of those, like, you know, they say, oh, it's coming out on a Friday, but then they still have, like, two showings on a Thursday evening. That's when I saw it was on the Thursday evening. Um, you know, everything that we said, like, it looks really good. It's going to be suspenseful. There's not going to be a lot of spoken word. Um, you know, we were talking about like, what's it going to be like in a crowded theater? I got all of that. Excellent. It was a full house. There's like maybe 50 words that get spoken out loud in this movie. Um, and yeah, it is a throwback horror. It's very it's not all the way but it's very like hitchcock in like you know the heart of horror is is suspense and Mm -hmm, is tension mm -hmm. and is building up that tension and they just keep winding you up winding you up for a scene and then they release you and then they start winding you back up scene after scene is like that and this movie comes out really hard where without giving a lot away in the first scene this movie lets you know no character is safe nice and so the whole time you're just sort of like, well, if that happened, then I don't know what to believe. Anything's going to happen yeah. if you did that. <laughs> yeah, I've I've seen you mention it. Uh, I've seen a couple other people mention it. Um, several that you know I kind of trust their opinion. You know, don't always agree with their opinion, but I trust their opinion. And they've are one friend of mine. He's a reviewer for the Maui Times, uh, Barry Worst. He is very particular, mm-hmm. and he ends his you know his little teaser paragraph with a must-see. So like, oh, if Barry <laughs> thinks it's a must-see, this is a must-see. <laughs> it really is. You know, horror is making like a really good comeback. There's been a lot of bad horror movies mm-hmm. that have been thrown out, but like there are a lot of really good ones that have been coming out in the last like three, four, five years. This is one of them. There are a few things that you can nitpick at, like well, why didn't they do this? So why didn't they try that? But you know what? Overall, throw that out, and it's still a great movie. Keep it in, and it's still a great movie. Um, and I think what I like most about it is, you know, this doesn't give too much away. It's kind of apparent from from the trailer. Is it's an alien invasion? The, these are like aliens that have shown up, and they're you know, but they don't go into that. They don't show you day one. They don't show you the invasion. They don't show you the the world crumbling. They just drop you to this one family a year into this invasion you're on board with this one story. Great. And you just jump right in and accept what you're seeing. Yeah, excellent. No, I, that makes me very thankful or very hopeful uh, for this film. But that description also makes me a little worried that if this film does really well, they'll do sequels. You know, I, I walked out of there going, I want to know more about this world, not necessarily this family. You could mm-hmm. skip this family. You could do like five more at different points in time different places because they really let you know there are other people out there they are alive but i i I could see where the sequels could quickly just degrade into sure aliens or something yeah absolutely it really could but at the same time i did want more so if another one came out i would go and see it and if it's not good then i'm just gonna stop Right, it could become the Saw series. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, that might be a, the the better uh, descriptor. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, if you were to tell me that, like, you know, a quiet place and it's set in an entirely different location, I will go see it. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Interesting. 
All right. Well, yeah, I definitely will try to get out and see this film. Um, definitely want to try to see this one in the theater because I just I want that experience in yeah. the the dark, quiet theater. Yeah, and yeah. oh, I mean, when sound happens, everybody jumped. I oh, mean, I bet it, it, it was great. You know, and the the musical cues were just right on point. They mm-hmm. didn't. It wasn't like like there are points where it is dead quiet because you're getting things from the point of view of the daughter who's deaf. Oh, and her hearing aid. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So you just hear, bam. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this would be the perfect film to watch when other people are trying to sleep in the house. Maybe it's (laughs) the worst. (laughs) Wouldn't do it when people are asleep because you'll jump. Like, there are times where I jumped, and it wasn't like jump scare. It's Mm -hmm. because, oh, what's going to happen? And then something (laughs) happens. Fall off your seat. Yeah, Yeah. you're just, oh, you're getting really tense and you're feeling knots in your stomach and you're just sort of like please live <laughs> excellent all right don't say anymore i'm already kind of getting i starting really regretting not seeing <laughs> getting out to the theater all right well i think that's all our our news and all the the trailers and stuff that, that came up that we wanted to talk about so i think we'll take a, a little short break here we'll listen to a commercial for another podcast and when we get back we are going to talk about throw mama from the train Christopher, what insanity are you up to today? Oh, hey, Lydia. I'm downloading some movies. What? People are always telling me that's illegal. Uh-uh, not these. They're all public domain. Oh, look, Rescue from Gilligan's Island. Well, let me see what you're doing. Oh, you're at archive.org. Well, they have thousands of films, TV shows, commercials, radio shows, and books available. Yeah, but... There are so many. I wish there was a podcast or something that would discuss these things. You know, give us an idea of what's worth the time. Um, Christopher, there is. We do one. Oh, that's right. We host Orphan Entertainment. Once a month, we pick something and review and discuss it. Well, that sure is nice of us. <laughs> sure. Why don't you click over to Orphan Entertainment and remind yourself a little more about the show? Oh, we'll do. Let's see, that's at OrphanEntertainment.com. And yeah, it looks like we're available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Oh, hey, can we review the Gilligan's Island movie someday? Mm-hmm, we'll see, Christopher. We'll see. All right, from 1987, Throw Mama from the Train. This was a, a film that Matt mentioned in our last discussion here and said that uh, above all other films that he talked about, this is the one that he thinks I should have seen. It was fine it was good okay it was okay so i don't know what you like <laughs> yeah no i just here's the thing if i had saw this in 1987 i probably would have thought it was hilarious but it is effectively situation comedy or style comedy and it's the kind of comedy that a single phone call a half an hour in the film would stop the entire film from having to happen at which point? The the story, we you described the story and everything, mm-hmm. so I'm not giving away any further spores or anything. Owen calls Larry and mm-hmm. says, I killed your wife. You know, he does the whole thing with the phone booths and everything. Right. It had at that point, Larry called the police and said, oh, my God, you know, my student just called me. He said he killed my wife. End of movie. 
the rest of the movie wouldn't have to happen. I think the very next scene was the purpose of taking that argument out of saying like, oh, I, I, I couldn't have done it because I was here. And them saying, well, you could have taken the flight and you could have been back in time. And you could have paid a guy to make those phone calls. I guess later on in the film, they do lay this some groundwork when they have uh, they show that Owen bought a plane ticket in Larry's name yep. uh, and things like that. So going through the film, maybe you can go you know look back and say, okay, maybe that wouldn't have worked. But I I don't know. It was just it was it was fine. It it, it wasn't the greatest comedy of the world in the world or anything. I mean, I was entertained, but it just didn't I, do it for you. It, it it wasn't anything that I really see myself wanting to go back and rewatch. That's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and you know there are things in this film that I do love. One of the things this film, though, I will say, really shows how underappreciated Danny DeVito is as an actor. Yeah, he was brilliant in this film. He was yes. adorable in this yes. film. There's a scene of him sitting out on his front porch like a little kid playing with his model train, uh-huh. and you're just like, God, he is adorable. <laughs> you just you, you want to go play with the guy. <laughs> he's fantastic. And he's got the coin collection. Oh, the coin will break your heart. That scene <laughs> will break your heart. No, he is fantastic in this film. You know, Dan DeVito, when he first got his kind of big break, was in Taxi, and he's mm-hmm. the, the gruff, rude, disgusting character. And a lot of his roles are of the less than nice person. You know, you, it's not, he often plays someone you really don't want to know. This film just goes to prove that he can do just about anything. Yeah. I almost wanted to see him, in like, I want to see him in like an action film, you know, <laughs> with young Danny DeVito and some, instead of Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. Well, you got him in Twins. That's true, Twins. <laughs> I never saw the Twins, so maybe, you know, that makes this action film makes me think, I need to go watch Twins. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of plays that slimy jerk. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a shame. No, he's he's fantastic. He's probably the highlight of the film. Sure. I, surprisingly, uh Anne Ramsey, who played yes. his uh, his mama, mama. <laughs> <laughs> she actually got an Academy Award nomination for this film. Rightfully so. <laughs> she was great. I think it should have gone to Danny DeVito. Sure. Or at least also a nomination mm-hmm. should have gone to Danny DeVito. Yeah, those two were, were fantastic. They were great together. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was brilliant. I had no idea that she... Um, you know, she came and started acting really rather late in life and everything, yep. uh, had a lot of roles, and then uh, had the throat cancer, which she had just recovered from surgery from. And then even during the filming of this, she was undergoing uh, uh, more treatments. Yep. But So she was often in a lot of pain, but they said she never showed it on set. She never asked to go home. She never you know shirked her job right uh, being she, a pro being an absolute pro yeah and she was she was great for it uh billy crystal was god so young <laughs> i forget this was 87 this yeah. was like his first real big movie role because mm-hmm. everything else you kind of know him for like when harry met sally and city slickers and analyze this that was all later mm-hmm. so yeah. this everything else was like you know he was on soap and you know on SNL, that was all TV before this. So, right. Yeah, this is like babyface Billy Crystal. It is. When he first shows up on the screen, I'm like, oh, oh. my God. That's One, Billy he's Crystal. clean shaven. Yeah. <laughs> and two, he looks 20. Yeah, he does. And he has, I mean, what hair he has, he has a lot of it. You 
know, it's a big, full, curly, you know, side. Yeah. You know, he's still got the receding hairline, but he's always had that. He's always had that. He's I, I, from from birth. I think that's his hair. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was that was amazing. But yeah, everyone is fantastic. Well, even Danny DeVito was, you know, relatively young, you know, yeah. in this. Everyone is fantastic. But yeah, Danny DeVito for me was a standout in, the, in this film. See, I liked all three because I thought all three brought a completely different comedic element to it. You had Billy Crystal, who I think from start to finish was like ad libbing his scenes, like that that very first mm-hmm. opening shot where he's like he can't figure out how to write the first sentence of his book and right. he's just playing with the tape and he's like, the phantom of the novel. What yeah. the hell am I doing? Like, I think that was Billy Crystal as himself. Yeah, I definitely would agree. I would agree that there was a lot of Billy Crystal just rambling yeah. and doing Billy Crystal. Just, just keep mm-hmm. the camera rolling. Yep. <laughs> Him wandering around the apartment trying to decide it was the, the night was uh, humid. The night was moist. The night was... It was hot. That, it was it was raining, but it was dry. No, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's just him. No one wrote that down. Right. He's like, it was hot and wet, wet and hot. That's humid. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think that makes him his character. I think uh, just a lot more fun. Yeah, uh, just because he got a chance to be himself. him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you want to argue that him calling the police may have been the bad choice, it's still would have stopped the film from happening. And also I kind of wasn't fooled. I didn't think um, Owen actually killed the woman just from the setup. It's kind of like she fell, you know, (laughs) I, I saw that coming from literally that scene forward and it's just a matter of time before someone finally figures it out, whether she's dead or not. I don't know, but she fell. I just really like that scene though, where he's there, he's on the boat. He's got his hands out, and he's going to strangle her. And then he realizes, I can push her. Lowers his hands (laughs) down. It's just those little, like, sight gags that always Mm -hmm. made me like this movie and still like this movie. I liked his uh, amazing ability to time travel from phone booth to phone phone booth. booth. Yes. (laughs) And I, I wonder, like, is he moving that fast? Is that the joke? Or is it that, like, Larry's so hungover that two seconds is really like 20 minutes and he can't tell the difference. But I love the, actually the whole phone booth thing is just funny because it's always this phone booth and it's just always in the middle of nowhere. Yes. <laughs> it's just on some side of the road somewhere. Right. One looks like a shell. Right. He's in Hawaii, but yeah, it's just in the middle of nowhere. Then there's a horse. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's back at the beach. Right. He's on a mountain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's some great lines like, look, I don't want to say it over the phone, but I killed your wife. Yes. <laughs> I think you're liking it more now as you're <laughs> analyzing it. Yeah, maybe. No, there are some fantastic lines and there are some great scenes. And it is some of that great, I mean, there is plenty of physical comedy. The the door, they take the hinges off the door. Yes. And she bangs on the door and nothing happens. But all he does is lean on it and poof, down the stairs he goes. Uh, there is plenty. There is plenty there to love. It's just. Overall. Overall, it was just, it was an okay film. Didn't, it was good. It wasn't cohesive enough for you. Maybe. Okay. Maybe that's it. Yeah. And like I said, it just, it felt too situation comedy. Sure. And I've just watched so much of that growing up and that now I've reached the point where I have a hard time just sitting down and watching like a sitcom because it's kind of like, oh, this story. <laughs> you know, I've seen it all before. Yeah. So it's a little, it's a little hard for me. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, for the time, 1987, you can have erased the last 20 some years, 30 years of my memory. <laughs> this was hysterical. This Hang would on. be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let me hit the little pen, the yeah. old men in black. 
Uh, no, I think it would have been. It, I absolutely would see uh, someone who isn't as versed, well versed in sitcoms, and or uh, in the eighties, sitting down and watching this and comedically jaded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, I could see where this would be hysterical. No, there are some fantastic scenes. What about? I guess essentially the final punchline of oh I wrote a book about that you me great. my mom that and was all another of things together that was another it just kind of almost heartwarming scene you know like oh oh you wrote a pop up book no but before that oh. where he's like oh I'm writing a oh novel. right oh yeah, he's I'm like, yeah I wrote he's one he's like I'm too. twenty pages away from finishing this and oh yeah and I wrote a book and it's all about us you you slut. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that was good. And he's choking him, and he's like, I want you to have my book. Like, you're dying. <laughs> yeah. I can't like, breathe. It's because I'm choking you. <laughs> it's like the last big joke of the movie. But yeah, then it's a pop-up book. Yes. And then you can see he's like, he's moving the cane. Bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but of course, there's no, oh, no, no, there's there's no death. Nobody dies. This is a kid's book. <laughs> It was very cute. There are the moments, like I said, Danny DeVito's character is just adorable. Yeah, his coin collection. He just, well, this is a nickel. Another nickel. This is a quarter. And I'm like, um, are these worth anything? You know, no. what's the point? You know, like, but then it turns out that they're the, you know, the change that his dad let him keep. You know, his oh, late father. Circus. Yeah, this yeah. is, you know, we went to the, see this movie. Let me keep the change. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a little monster anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, he was he was an absolute sweetheart. You just wanted to, you just wanted to hug this guy, get him out of that house, away from his mama. <laughs> yeah, and you just wanted to hug him. He was just, he was fantastic. I think what maybe could have helped this movie is it, you know, it it was a parody of Hitchcock, and Hitchcock mm-hmm. always did very dark movies. If this was a bit of a darker comedy, rather than more of that, like borderline slapsticky, you know, borderline sitcom. If it just was like a full on, like the scene at the beginning where he, you know, his mama is just like, you know, get the thing out of my ear. And he stabs the the biggest scissors I've ever seen in my (laughs) life. Goes right into her ear with them. And then she pops up and you just see the scissors going end to end out of her ears. If you had more things like that, because the first time you see that, you're like, what the hell? And then Mm -hmm. it cuts back to from his daydream. If you had more of those, like, murderous, dark daydreams throughout the movie or just things, you know, along those lines rather than, like, falling down the stairs and hitting your head, I think that could have made it, like, a a timeless kind of comedy. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, if it had gone a little bit, a little darker. I don't know if you needed a lot of those... uh uh, daydreams or anything because I think that would start getting a little old but that did kind of almost knock off the the the, the, the tone of the film a little bit by having them in there at all because mm-hmm. you're like okay is he you know is this real is he daydreaming and then that didn't happen and then it never happens again and it's like so why was that there so does he really want his mama dead That's and right. then because in the end you know the idea that oh she that uh, Larry may actually be doing it, but suddenly, well, I, I can't kill, go kill Mama. You know, he tries. So he tries to say, it. "We're like, well, mm, none of this. <laughs> this is all getting a little all over the place here." Right. Know? So I think if they committed to just like dark humor from start to finish, mm-hmm. I think you would have had a maybe more solid of a movie. Maybe and maybe it would be a little bit more of a timeless film. Maybe it would have held up a little bit better yeah. right, over the course of the years. Um, that's v- very possible. Um, I'm not sorry I watched it. Okay. Because um, 
because if like I said, nothing else, I I like Danny DeVito. I, I think he does. He's he's had some fantastic roles, you know, and this is I think one of them. I think and probably the one he's not noted for more than he should. Did I say that right? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just a very different role for him. Yeah, absolutely, it was probably the more, a lot more different role than I'd ever seen him before. So, uh, so that made it a, a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't have really anything else to say about That's it. That's fine. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else? I guess before we can, we can actually go ahead and close this one out. This is probably good because our last episode was almost pushing two hours. <laughs> so it's probably give everybody good. a break. Give everyone a break. Our last couple of episodes have gone a little long, so it'd probably be good to actually uh, come in under the hour mark. I guess that's, that'll do it. I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts. If you've seen Throw Mama from a Train, what you thought, love to hear your thoughts. Send it to timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com or join us on our Facebook group. Comment there or fire a tweet at us uh, at timeshifterspod and at movies at the mat, two places you can find us there. And I guess that will do it. So, yeah, I think next time we're going to talk planes, trains, and automobiles. Cool. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I When I saw it, again, this is around the same time I want to say I don't know what, I don't remember what year that came out so it may be the 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 same type of comedy okay but uh, you know, the last time I I watched it I laughed my full head off so it'll be curious to see uh <laughs> I wonder know. if you won't like it now yeah that's what, that's what I'm wondering I'm wondering if it if it holds up for me and what you think of it and uh, so I guess we'll we'll find out, and then you'll uh, I'll mention maybe I'll mention the the scene that Floyd mentioned in his email after we actually get a chance to, to watch it. it. We'll go back. So uh, it, we'll see you in a couple weeks to talk about that. So and I guess if uh, you have any thoughts on those, you can go ahead and send it to everything I just said too. Send us a message. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks very much for listening, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye, everybody. <laughs>